Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the show. We're so glad to have you this morning. If you've gotten any value out of uh, listening to the podcast in the past couple of weeks, go ahead and hit that subscribe, share, uh, leave a review, share just get it out there for us. Uh, help us reach other people for Jesus. Have you ever seen somebody in town and you recognize the face and you know that you? I am supposed to know this person? I know them. I see them all the time, but I do not know their name. Isn't it a little uncomfortable? Do I go up to them and say, hey, man, or do I just act like I didn't see them? Welcome to the uncomfortable trip. But then they look at you and say, hey, Shane. Yeah, I know. And then you feel like an idiot because, like, I didn't place as much value on remembering their name as yeah. they placed on remembering my name. Bro, like, I've done I that. I feel like an idiot. Whenever they, whenever they say, hey, whenever they say your name, mm-hmm. it's like you just you just start, like, whittling around and trying to figure out if they're going to actually say something that reminds you of their yeah. name. You just hope. <laughs> exactly. And you hope they're not a good body language reader. <laughs> right. Because my body language is, like, eyes wide open, like, uh, yeah. What's buddy? up, man? Now, hey, being from East Texas, this is where brother mm-hmm. and bud and all those things can come in to save yes. you. I mean, yes. it's, it's a little not genuine, but... Yeah, it'll work in a pinch. Unless you are aware of that, and exactly. then you realize this guy don't know my name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you're, <laughs> and then you've insulted them even more. <laughs> that is uncomfortable. You're, you know it if somebody yeah. doesn't know your name. Yeah, that's true. And then if your wife, probably you're like, too. hey, uh-huh. hey, brother, how are you? This is my wife, Catherine, and you're like, say your name, say your yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just ask my wife. You, you could, when you realize that, that, you could take them out of their torture and be like i'm obi I, I, you probably don't remember i'm obi you know yeah, there you go <laughs> and, if you get that in first yeah. what what if they come back with yeah i know you're obi <laughs> well, that's what they're gonna say <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be like oh yeah. i know that yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if they're smooth <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think we could do a whole podcast about the importance yeah. of remembering people's names that's right i, I think mean, it's very important it's a big deal and but, i'm yeah i'm terrible but it, it can be uncomfortable yeah right. it can be who's uh i'll open us up in prayer and then we got obi on the mic today Heavenly Father, help us to honor you in everything we do, Lord. Help us to uh, place value on people and remember their names and and call them by their names because you call us by our name. Uh, Lord, we thank you for just just being with us, God. Lord, just loving us through our muck and our sin. Lord, I pray that we uh, recognize sin in our lives and turn from it and uh, run back to you, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just lift Obi up uh, to bring the word today. We love you. Amen. 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 Well, I didn't come as prepared as I normally come. Um, Unacceptable. I think Obi. the guys in the room would probably say that I typically come the most prepared. Yeah, Obi, Obi's usually got a dissertation ready to go. I, I do. I do. I, um, I guess maybe maybe we'll find out if I'm decent on the fly today. Sometimes but, these spitballing ones work out really well. Yeah, sometimes they do. You know, I'm reading a book called Wild at Heart. Uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit in the last couple podcasts. I'm about halfway through it now, but 
Um, man, this book is just a hit you square in the between the eyeballs kind of book. Um, really hits on the um, really hits on masculinity. Really hits on what makes a male male and what you know the the characteristics and the things that God just innately get, has given us that he designed us to have um, and how how we're wired to um, just play out those characteristics in our life without without being taught you know these things that are just naturally in us that want to come out that need to come out that um, you know, ultimately our culture and our society are, are really trying to keep from coming out, um, in, in us. And, um, you know, we can all think of examples of how masculinity is looked at as a bad thing. And, uh, especially today, you know, in today's, I think, I think just <clears throat> as recently as us being children, us being, us growing up, it, it wasn't looked at that way. Um, masculinity was was put more on a pedestal than it was shoved under the ground to where nobody could see it. And you know, we talk about we talked about this in the beginning of season one uh, when we were talking about being a kingdom man, and I talked a lot about Tony Evans and and the book Kingdom Man and how basically it was his cry and his call out to men to take over the God-given roles that <clears throat> we have in our lives that God has has placed in our lives to be fathers, to be leaders of our homes, um, to teach our children. Uh, you know, obviously, we, we teach our, our daughters different than we teach our sons, but today I wanted to focus a little bit more on um, the 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 issue of what's not getting taught to our boys anymore. Um, our boys are, you know, don't get me wrong. We've got <clears throat> we've got fathers out there that are really um, trying to lead biblically and and teach their sons uh, what God's design for a man was. But it is the minority in a big way. Okay, it's the minority in such a huge way, and again, I think it's really kind of what what led us to feel compelled. One of the factors that led us to feel compelled to start this podcast is so that we could spread um, the good news about what God intended men to do and be, and how He intended us to act, and so. It's definitely something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I, I feel like that we need to never stop talking about um, because at the end of the day, um, now more than ever in the history of our lives, and I would think maybe even way before that, um, masculinity is, is going away. Uh, the idea of... <clears throat> allowing a man to be a man, a boy to be a boy, um, is is just really disappearing. And I just think that it's 
really important for us to spread what it means and and what God intended for us to do. So, um, does it give some examples <clears throat> of um, of how uh, masculinity is leaving society or, or going away? Or you know, does it really touch on anything specific? It gives a lot of examples. Uh, of course, I don't have the book in front of me here, but yeah, it talks it talks about how um, you know. He 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 is very eloquent, and and I don't want to get it. it I don't want to get. First of all, it it talks about the fact that fathers are absent, and so the mother is having to spread this what she feels like is masculine traits that her son needs, but she can't do it. Mm-hmm. She she just can't one example do that it. just pops into my head is um, I have a friend from college who's a single mom. And I can vividly remember um, her introducing me to her son for the first time. And um, whenever she introduced me to her son, her son uh, looked at the ground and said, hello. And she said, um, Brody, you need to look at, look at him in the eye and shake his hand. Right. Okay. And I vividly remember that. And I remember thinking to myself, he don't have his dad around. Right. Um, yeah, that's a perfect. That's a that's a great example of a mom really trying to do the dad, you know, do what she felt like a, a father would do if he were there. Sure, you know, and but at the end of the day, she's never going to be a man. Mm-hmm. She's she's never going to have that testosterone and those those just natural instincts and that adventurous spirit and all these things that God, God just made us different, you know, he, and, and for that purpose, because we were designed to raise our kids together and they were designed to get mom and to get dad. And whenever dad's not there, obviously mom. And I say dad's not there because typically that's the scenario, the scenario. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more often than not fathers are absent. Fathers are absent, which again is another thing that led us to really want to sit down at this table and try to talk about what that looks like in uh, in 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 our connection with the Lord. Um, you know, but yeah, it in the book really really hits on how um, you know in our schools in our churches how masculinity is just really. On the decline. Yeah, on the decline. It's almost suppressed. It's exactly. Suppressed yeah. is, is the word that I was looking for. Uh, well, almost like you can't call him a man. Right. Or, you know, I so, mean, uh, the gender identity thing. You yeah. It's a great um, point. You know, anywhere that we look in general, you know, any topic that's out there about, you know, little boys or girls, it's like this meshing of trying to make them the same. And God did not make us the same. That was in his intentional plan. That's the beauty of his creation of us as male and female. That's the beauty of marriage. That's the beauty of all these things. You know, being in education for all the years that I was in it, and just for clarity, it wasn't that long ago. I finished in 2020. I saw this all the time, Obi. I would be sitting in an office with an 11 to 14-year-old young man, and I could vividly see clearly having the child being a small school district, seeing them every day in the hallway, knowing the teachers, interacting, that the piece that was missing 
and it doesn't mean it'd be a good piece if it was there, okay, because that's important too, was the father. Right. And the mother was doing her absolute best to essentially play a role she was not created to play. But as a mother, they love their babies to the ends of the earth, and they're going to do everything they can. The mothers who I saw succeeding in this masculine uh, guidance was being sure that they had men in their life right. that could fill that void because they recognized and appreciated the fact they couldn't. So that might be me during the school year. Here's the other thing. Most school districts don't have men in them, and I'm just using that as an example. We could go down another rabbit hole there, but yeah. generally speaking, most of our students, when they come to the middle school, referred couldn't help but say, yes, ma'am, because 95% of their teachers throughout the entirety of their life were women. I, I talked to an a educator <clears throat> just this past weekend who told me she's she's the principal of um, her school district, and, and, of course, it's a fairly large school, so they have different campuses. Uh, she's over her campus. I'm not sure how many grades it is, but there's 76 staff and three men. Yep. So, 70, so 73 women staff staff and then three men it, and i gotta say this too because and I'm, I'm looking myself in the mirror so just let's be very clear here moms step up because dads don't amen even if yeah. there is a mom and a dad yes okay and let me, I, i'm gonna give you a good example soccer league mm-hmm. okay you know i don't always want to be involved in soccer league i know nothing about soccer and our kids didn't, one of our kids didn't have a coach, and luckily my wife encouraged me to possibly volunteer so they could play. And, man, am I so glad I did because, and this is not a knock on women, this is a, this is a compliment to women. They fill the void all the time. Even out there in that huge soccer league we're in, there are moms out there coaching as much or more than dads. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I'm just saying if the majority of the teams are boys – them, it's going to be hard not to demasculinize a boy. Right. Okay. Because they're, they're not seeing us as men lead. And that handshake example Sean gave was a great example. My kids, I can tell my young men and my family, my boys shake people's hands, but they're also going to see it and they're going to absorb it and they're going to go, well, I want to do what dad does. Right. You know, and then you, when you teach on top of that, that's when the lesson starts becoming clear. But, We've been encouraged by things not godly to make everything the same because that's equity, and that's actually the opposite of what I think God created us to be, and I'm sure your book's pointing to that. That's exactly what it's pointing to. Um, it's, it's crazy. You know, I'm sure our listeners can tell that we're trying to be careful to not um, – discount the role of the of, of the women in our lives yeah, no doubt. Um, i think if it was if if the scales if the tables were turned right and for some reason we had an epidemic of leaving mothers we would have the same issue on the other side exactly right point teaching kids how to um you know where a woman is better at uh probably being understanding or being vulnerable in certain situations Love and me. allowing your emotions to uh, be clarified and you know the things that women are just naturally better at if women were the ones leaving we would have the same problem 
just in different aspects. Without a doubt. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, for sure. Go and ahead. the thing, so as I sit here and, you know, I know y'all's wives and my wife, and I get to see her lead our daughter. We have one daughter out of four kids. I'm reminded often that when I'm in the word and I'm around the the truth and I'm trying to soak it in as much as possible, think about it, a simple example. I think this tied to what you're saying. Obi, last night we had uh, Wednesday night church and the kids that aren't in youth yet, so before seventh grade, they typically do some type of Bible study and a few things, but they're kids, guys. I mean, we know this. So after about 10, 15 minutes of a Bible lesson, the boys play. Like they play a game, which I think is great because you're not going to hold a seven, five, four, ten-year-old boy's attention for an hour while we're having Bible study. So I come in, and, and, and this is how you know that we're living in a world where masculinity is being compromised. Yes. The teacher, who does awesome, okay, and he's giving of his time for, for these kids, these boys, almost doesn't want to tell me that our oldest Max hurt his leg. That's it. That's it. And I'm, I'm not, not joking. I'm like, sweet, because he's being a boy. Right. He was playing on monkey bars. It was wet. He slips. He hit a shin. Even if he broke his leg. Right. You know, but let me give you an example in the middle school that I saw over and over again. Same thing happens on the playground. And because there's not a father figure there and a, a marriage that's fostering that of he is supposed to be a boy and be adventurous and, uh, you know, run full throttle and burn off energy. I've seen moms just lose it. Whose fault was it? Because that's, they have no sounding board to bounce off of, hey, he's supposed to do that. Right. That's okay. You know, he was going full blast and he hurt his ankle because he rolled it because he was running full speed at the time he's supposed to be, you know, so it is definitely obvious even in little bitty East Texas towns. Yeah. So it really is. That reminds me of the, this is the flare at Eastman. Eastman's a local chemical plant that when they have excess gas, they burn, they burn the flare. Like we see that in our kids and our, and our boys burning that excess energy. Uh-huh. And it's, it's sometimes we're like, what in the world are you doing? Why are you running around our house tearing everything up? They're just burning that gas off. That's exactly right. <laughs> and and that's one of the things that he does. It reminded me of one of the things that uh, John Eldridge talks about in this book, Wild at Heart. He He's talking about how in our schools that, um, you know, 80, 80% of the children that are deemed ADD are boys. And that, you know, we're that's one way that we're trying to suppress their natural instincts is by putting them on medication. Yeah. So, so, you know, you talked about examples, you know, that's, that's one example that he gives where he's like, listen, I've got three boys, um, you know, come eat dinner with us at night at our dinner table. He's like, you're going to look in one chair and you might see socks up in the air. You're going to look at the other chair and <laughs> the the kid the kid is literally going to be like upside down uh playing a playing the guitar um the air guitar, you know, while while he's trying to use his fork to eat his mashed potatoes with his feet. You know, and 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 he's like 
this is what this is the way that boys are wired. He was like, it's not a it's not a problem that needs to be fixed. It's a character trait that we need to figure out how to use because we don't want them to lose that. That's what makes them special, you That's know. A great point. And and I just never looked at it that way, really. Well, you know? and Obi, man, I could I could I could sit here and talk for hours on this topic. Looking back, and it's one of the struggles I have with my kids being in public school now. And it's not a knock on the people in public school. Okay, I, they're awesome people, and I love them. We have taken a system, okay. And we've tried to make our boys' behavior fit into that box. And girls, for that matter. Okay, we could go that route too. And I understand why from the teacher's point of view because they have all these things they have to check off and things they have to do and accomplish and all of this. But I said often at the junior high, if if we were allowed to create a school environment that would benefit all of our kids the most, one, they wouldn't be consistently grouped in ages. Two, they would not be sitting down 30 minutes to 45 minutes a class, period. Literally, you would build, and I, and I believe you could do it. I, that's a whole other debate on how or if it would ever happen. This is why there's a huge trend of 2.5 million people homeschooling last two years ago to 5 million families homeschooling today. And I agree with it in a lot of ways if the support's there to do it because we could homeschool and be done with school in two hours. Right. Okay. And build your and day. Le- learn the same amount. Learn of stuff. the same amount of stuff. But a school system has to have so much structure in it to handle 20, 25, 30 kids in a classroom. And that's why you see eighty percent of the boys on ADD medicine or ADHD suppressing how they're really made. Right. Because you used to didn't go to school. Well, it's not a problem. That's no. my point. It, this, yeah, this, you're right. The the problem is the school. The problem isn't these boys that are just being boys. Well, yeah, the conformity you, to try to get a kid to sit there. And, I, you know, I think, like, Sean probably dealt with that growing up where he didn't even – did you re- realize that you were ADHD or ADD growing up? Not Was it ever discussed? Not until I got into really high school. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, like, there was never, like, uh, hey, you need to be on medication when you were in the yeah. second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. You know, right. I don't ever Were remember. your teachers like, Sean, can you not just sit still? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. That happened. But why? Because that's what they're expected to. And I th- it's a different debate, I know. Teachers are handcuffed by the system. 100%. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. Because the testing system. But, it, but that whole scenario girls handled the, that better because of the way God made them. That's a great yeah. point. It, yeah. You know, they they are less likely to be all over the page. Yeah. And, and, you know, movement isn't such a big thing for them as sure. it is for us. You know, I told this story yesterday, and I'll make it a quick one because it's not 100% on subject. But um, my daughter in the third grade was um, labeled ADHD. Okay, she's a lot like me. Okay. And um, super, super sharp kid. What was weird to me is during that time, uh, I remember her going to dance classes, and she would sit in front of us and do a 10-minute dance routine and not miss one thing. Movement. Like, I mean, just not one movement. I mean, like, the routine was perfect. And then, but she couldn't sit in class and learn, like, how to do math or reading or whatever. And uh, that that was always intriguing to me because I knew the kid was smart because of – how she would do these long dance. Anyway, long story short, we took her to this quack 
out of Tyler, Texas, who uh, put her on like who was using my daughter as kind of a guinea pig, and about was putting her on different kinds of medication. Oh, that doesn't work. Let's try this, you know. And I remember going back and forth a few times, and me just not feeling comfortable at all, and uh, never from the word go. I kept telling my wife, I was like, something is just not right. Anyway, uh, one day I got a call from her teacher, and uh, this was after she was like on her second or third different kind of medication, wasn't sleeping, was having just uh, sleep deprivation, all kinds of crazy crap, wasn't eating hardly at all. And um, the teacher said, hey, I need you to come up here. Uh, and it was just a weird phone call. I said, sure. She was like, like now. I said, okay. I drove up to the school. And she was like, this is what your daughter put as her answer on her reading test. And uh, what it looked like, I kid you not, was like Hebrew. It was writing, and it wasn't my daughter writing. It scared me. It scared the crap out of me. I called my wife, and I said, you need to come up here to the school. Um, I don't know what kind of medication this you know, this guy's got her on. And anyway, <laughs> I started doing some research on drugs and medications and all this stuff, in one of the um, in one of the videos that I saw on YouTube, it was talking about how certain kinds of drugs and medications can allow spirits to come into your body. You can be possessed because you're on uh, methamphetamines, you know, on a on another level. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I started thinking, my daughter, this was somebody else writing this on this page. I mean, it scared the bejesus out of me, brother. Jeez. I was like, we were praying. Just, uh, you know, over her and then later that night. And I remember we immediately got her off that medication immediately. Um, And uh, long story short, today my daughter is an all-state pole vaulter, an all-state volleyball player. She is a a straight-A student. And uh, those medications, I promise you, if we had kept her on those medications, she woun't be who she is today, 1,000%. So anyway, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, how men, you know, are being put on these medications and suppressing who they really are. Um, but to this day, man, I don't know what that was. Uh, she's a, a born-again Christian about a year later and got baptized. And But lo- it just that whole deal freaked me out. Mm, uh, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. You know, they we <clears throat> the book talks a lot about how – how we're we're taking we're not doing as fathers what we need to be doing in order to um, maintain maintain the masculinity within our children, and that's I feel like the majority of what we've been talking about. But it talks about marriage too. Um, you know, I think I think it would be a great book for women to read too, just because it is going to really open some eyes to some women to understand maybe how their husband is wired and why he acts the way he acts in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the, the book talks a lot about, you know, where there's so many different scenarios in the book of, of, of firsthand experiences that the, the author has, I guess he's, you know, a psychologist or psychiatrist or counselor or something because he's meeting with lots of folks and helping them through their struggles and problems. And, and, you know, one of the, in one of the situations he's meeting with, um, her, a a woman and the, the woman, um, she, she is up. She feels like her marriage is somewhat falling apart. Mm -hmm. And in that, 
in that moment, or he or he he just asked, "What do you feel like is missing?" She was like, "Just the fire, the the everything is just kind of flamed out." You know, she's like, "I just feel uh, like we're we're not, we just don't have. It's just not like it was in the beginning." And and she was like, "Well, what's changed?" You know, and and she admitted, you know, that that she feels like a lot of the stuff that he loved to do in their marriage that she had discouraged him from and he had stopped doing these things and and um she was and he was like well give me an example and and he was like well he used to ride motorcycles and you know the last for the last you know two years he's been talking about buying a motorcycle and um he immediately stopped her you know and he said let him get the motorcycle you know that because it's just mm-hmm. it's who we are, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. We yeah. we desire that adventure, and mm-hmm. and whenever we have it, our marriages are better, you Absolutely. know. We because we're getting filled with what the way God designed us and wired us. Mm-hmm. They're going to uh, our our wives are going to be filled in a more um, you know profound way as well, and so. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it hits on every scenario where a man is called to be a man. And, uh, you know, it just really, it, it's really been, um, you know, hitting me, hitting me and, and encouraging me and really, uh, you know, it, as always, it's just another one of those things that gets me excited about what we're doing here to where we can yeah. hopefully shine some light on the way that God designed us and that it's okay, mm-hmm. that it's okay to want certain things, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you're supposed to, you yeah. were born with that. You were born with that, you know? And so I just wanted to talk about that today. So you're saying guys get out there on that golf course. Yeah. Go spend some time in the woods. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not telling <laughs> that can you be to, misconstrued, but yeah, I'm not can. telling you to, uh, you know, Tell your wife to shove it if she that, says not to go to the golf right, course. No, <laughs> or or to, you know, if your kids have sporting activities going or, you know, something right. important. Yeah, well, make that a priority. Yeah. But there was a, a <clears throat> I'm still talking about it. it was two months ago. I got to play golf twice in one day. And I remember <laughs> to, it was like the first time that's happened in probably five years. And uh, I came home and my wife was like, good for you. Yeah. I, you know, I'm glad that you got to do that because she, I'm a better husband. <laughs> yes. You know, nothing else was going on. Had the opportunity to do it. Had a great time. And I was I was fulfilled in an area that how God made me. That's you know right. what I'm saying? That's exactly so, right. Very, very good point. By the way, I'm terrible at golf. I don't know if anybody That's not cares. The point. <laughs> it's not the point. Especially when you're terrible. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, if you guys want to feel good about playing golf in your golf game, Holler at me. And not us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Obi, don't say us. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Brandon's pretty good, too. Yeah. Okay. We'll end on that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. That is not uncomfortable. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, already gave the spill about subscribing and all that stuff, but here's another one. Please subscribe. Helps reach people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.